0: You can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike.
1: Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 5 this morning for a message titled, Answer. Verse 37. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else the new wine will burst, and the wineskin will be spilled, and the wineskins will be ruined. Back in those days, they used leather wineskins, and they were soft, and you know, like a new piece of soft leather you've had, maybe. And they'd fill them up with wine, and the wine, of course, had gas in it, so as it fermented, it would expand, and the wineskin would stretch, the, the soft leather would stretch. But if you had old leather, you ever had old leather and it just kind of gets hard and brittle because it hasn't been oiled and stuff, and that's what would happen. They'd just get hard and, you know, they'd kind of stretch out and get hard and unflexible. And if you were to put new wine in that, pop, it would blow, you know, just explode. I have seen so many Christians over the years have their faith shipwrecked by legalism trying to bring themselves back under the law. Sabbath-keeping, and rule-following, and kosher diet, and all kinds of things. What did, what did Paul have to say about that? He's, to the Galatians, he, was, he, he called them foolish for trying to continue in the flesh what had begun in the Spirit when it came to their Christian walk. But th- he said this about the law in Galatians 3.24, Therefore, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. He uses this illustration. The law is like a a tutor. It teaches us. The law shows us that we're a sin, that we're a sinner. In in fact, the law is kind of like a mirror, if you will. You look in the mirror. You see that your face is dirty. And you know by virtue of the mirror. I mean, you go all day long. You didn't realize. Have you ever done that? Gone all day long, not realizing your hair was a mess, or your face was dirty, or you had your collar was standing up on end, or something. You look like a, a moron. And then you go to the mirror, and you're like, Oh, you're kidding me. Why did nobody tell me? Anybody ever experienced that? Man, one time I had a pocket that was out, inside out, and it was just hanging out there. You know, all day long, nobody told me. I was reaching for something and I was trying to find something. And I pulled my pocket out and I forgot to tuck it back in. Moron. Anyway, do you use the mirror to clean your face? You wipe the mud off onto the mirror? <laughs> no, we don't do that. We use the basic, We use the cleanser to clean our face. And, and so he says, the law is a schoolmaster, which brings us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. You're no longer under the law, for you are the sons of God through faith in Jesus, in Christ Jesus. For as many of you were baptized, were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ. Whatever you were before has to be set aside. You have to forsake it and leave it, and then you become in Christ. That's what the Christian life is. Jesus says, follow me, and we leave and we follow him. We put on Christ and we die to who we were, and we become a new creation. Jesus may have joined the party with Levi, but he didn't join them to become them. He joined them to invite them to join him. And that's what happened. Mark tells us this in Mark chapter two, verse 15. Now it happened as he was dining in Levi's house that many tax collectors and sinners also sat together with Jesus and his disciples for there were many and they followed him. Isn't that beautiful? Beautiful. They saw Jesus and they followed him. Jesus continues, verse 38. But new wine must be put in new wineskins, and both are preserved. And no one having drunk old wine immediately desires new, for he says the old is better. If you have eaten good cheese, you know that the aged white cheddar cheese, the sharp cheese, is better than the medium sharp cheddar that you get. At the, I mean, some people are like, No. But many people, and, and if you're a wine connoisseur, which I am not, the old wine tastes better than the new wine. And, and that's the way that we are. No, this isn't the way we've always done things. This is what I like. I like the tradition. I like the ritual. You look at Catholicism or Orthodox churches and, and what you call high churches with cathedrals and candles and incense and rituals and relics. And and they're beautiful, and their ceremonies are intricate and beautiful and so full of meaning. It's like you walk into a Catholic church and everything means something. Everything has significance. There's nothing there that isn't full of all kinds of tradition and significance and, and beauty even. And, and you, you, you're just kind of captivated by all of it. And much of it is adopted or related back to the Old Testament and the rituals in the Old Testament temple and all the things that they did there. And, and it's just, it's fascinating. The incense and all that that's happening. It's like an overload to your senses, the visuals and the smells and the sounds of the chants. And we, we say, well, this has to be, this has to be what it's about. And they're beautiful in their ceremonies. They seem meaningful. However, they are not helpful. Remember the conversation that Jesus had with the Samaritan woman in John chapter 4? Remember, they were together and and she said, well, we worship on Mount Gerizim. So our fathers told us to worship. You guys worship in Jerusalem. She's like, which is right? Which is the best place? Which is the best ritual? Which is the best ceremony? What's the best method to worship God? And Jesus said to her in John chapter four, verse 21, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews, but the hour is coming. And now is when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and truth for the father is seeking such to worship him. God is a spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Don't miss this Christian. Jesus draws near to you and you have a choice. Am I going to continue to live how I've been living? Am I going to try to fit Jesus into my system? Am I going to try to sew him into my outfit? Am I going to put him into my bottle? can I get Jesus to be a part of what I'm doing? Can I get Jesus to join me and and to be a part of my life and what I've planned? And and Jesus, you just stay right here and you just stay in those rooms and I'm just going to leave the rest of it for me and you just be a part of me. If you do that, it's going to create a tear. It's going to create a mess. It's going to blow you up. Jesus is too big to be a part of what you're doing but he calls you to leave things behind and to follow him. He says, follow me. And he wants you to follow him. I don't know if you're going to leave your nets behind or leave your hammer behind or leave your architect rule behind or or whatever it is that you do for a living. I don't know that he's going to call you to do that. But it doesn't matter, does it? We we can't come to Jesus on our own terms, say, okay, Jesus, I'll follow you as long as you don't mess with my work. I'll follow you as long as you don't mess with my my comfort zone, my bank account. No, he he comes and he says, follow me. And he wants each of us to do just that, to follow him. And that may mean that you're going to continue in your job and continue to work there and be a witness there. Or it may mean that you're going to leave everything behind and follow him, but that's up to him, isn't it? And we have to decide whether or not we think we have our life figured out better than Jesus does or whether he has his life, has our life figured out better for us. And at that point we say, okay, Jesus, I surrender. I follow you. Not my will, but your will be done. Amen? Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word, Lord. And these challenging things, Lord, we no doubt Levi had a good gig. Certainly he didn't feel good about it, but he, he had a good living. And yet at your voice, he, he knew that he didn't have a choice but to leave everything behind and to follow you. And not just that, but to tell all of his friends. And I pray that you would do a similar work within the hearts of each of us, Lord. As we come to grips with who we are and what we have and the things that we're about, that we would say yes to you, Jesus. Not our will, but your will be done. Not my will, but your will be done, Jesus. Lead me, do with me what you want me to do. And I pray, Lord, that you would just help me to be yielded to your spirit. You would help me to have ears to hear what your spirit is saying to me. That each of us, Lord, would just follow you. Follow you. To where you want us to go. We love you and praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.